0: Welcome to the Miss Saye Show. And today we have one of my favorite interior designers in the whole world, Missy Whitehead. Welcome to the show. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Absolutely, Missy. We're, I'm so excited to have you because every time we chat, I learn how to improve my living space and my office area. So thank you so much for being with us today to share your wisdom with our audience here on Miss Saye Show. I would like to ask you, Missy, tell us a little bit about how did you, how were you, how did you start saying, okay, I want to be an interior designer? How did that inspire you? Where did that come from? Well, you know, I wanted to do interior design since I was 16. Um, I knew
1: I was a visual person. That was kind of just an ability that I had. But more important than that, I had the ability to pull vision out of others even if they didn't know what, what they wanted yet. Um, so, you know, I just seemed to be the perfect fit for it. And, and when I, when I went, I, I had a, a class in high school. I loved it. College never changed my major like so many did. Oh, really? I, no, I, I knew I, I would love it. And, and when I started professionally, you know that I do both commercial and residential. Yes. So I do a lot of health care and I do a lot of assisted living and in assisted living, you know, you do the common area and you talk mm-hmm. to the caregivers, see what they need, what the residents need, and, and you make it beautiful and functional. And then you watch residents come out of their rooms and re-socialize again. Oh. And you know what you're doing makes a difference. And then on the residential side with everything that's going on now, you know, to be able to create, Custom comfortable spaces, sure, and surround people with things that they love. Uh, you know, is just as important.
0: That's incredible. So, would you say you get more more joy out of residential or commercial interior design?
1: Well, I had done commercial for many years, and I'm a little newer to residential. Mm-hmm. But you know, I've I really think I do like residential more at this point because. In commercial, you find that it's, it's more repetitive. You're kind of appealing more to the masses. Mm-hmm. Um, but with residential, it's personalized and it's, it's, it's a custom blend. Every single family has, a, each member of the family has a preferred style or a sub style. So you're able to take that, pull that out, blend into a totally unique interior. So every project is unique and different.
0: Incredible. So for example, when you start a project, let's say residential, because most of our audience probably would be more interested in residential interior design. So when you start, how do you start mapping your project from beginnings?
1: Right. Well, you know, it starts with just the initial meeting and we interior designers almost become like detectives. So I go in I'm like a sponge. I want to to talk to you about how that you want the room to function, what does it need to do? Does it need to uh, be changed sometimes? Um, and then how do you how do we want it to feel? How can we personalize it? So I'm looking around at colors that I see or uh, theme, and you know what that I, I can see in speaking with them or are, are, are they a musical family? Do we need to make a music the forefront? Are they art? Um, and just figuring out things that are important to them that we can use as as the inspiration piece to pull from.
0: Lovely. Um so What about, let's get into the a little bit more details. How does the lighting impact the space and what are the things that our audience at home could do to improve a little bit just by changing a little bit of the lighting?
1: The lighting. The lighting is so important and you know you need to plan for it in layers for one thing. So you think about what are we using our rooms for? They've always been multi-functional but now with COVID, a living room is a school, it's an office, it's your gym. So you need your overall lighting to be there and you need for it to be uh, controllable. So anything on a dimmer is very uh, helpful because you don't, yeah, you don't always need the same levels of lighting. And one thing that people don't think about is the color. Um, You know, when you go by your light bulbs, you've got, you've got warm, warm white, soft white, daylight. And if you don't pay attention, if you have a warm room that has overall kind of golden lighting and you switch out one light bulb in blue, it's going to stand out in a bad way. Um, it'll look clinical. And on the flip side, if you have a white room and you put a blue bulb, you know, or the, you know it's just, it doesn't work. So you kind of have to to work with the color you have if you're replacing, and then if you're doing new, you need to look at the chandelier that you've selected and see what the color temperature of that is if it's soft white, um, you know, that kind of thing, and then work around it.
0: And then so let make- me ask you this yeah, if uh, you have an off white living room, pretty yeah. simple, and that's the that's where you spend majority of your time in that living room. What type of lighting would you recommend for that? If you, for your light bulb as simple as that.
1: In, in the living room? Yes. I love soft white, soft. you know, it's right in the middle of the spectrum. Um, warm whites, more like a candlelight. And then the more of the daylight is going to be for your task. And one thing that's, that's really kind of cool to think about is the circadian rhythm of the lighting temperature. So you're going to want soft white or warm white in a bedroom or you're going to want those in your lamps in the evening because that cues your body to to look at it like um, a sunset. That's kind of how that we're wired. So, uh, you know, you want to turn off all the blue lighting like they tell us to turn our phones off. Nobody does that. But, you yeah. know, turn off your phones, turn off the television and, and just start to kind of prepare for sleep and rest.
0: Awesome. So when, uh, with light, with lighting, what else goes hand in hand? Um, well, you
1: know, you need to make sure that you've got enough general lighting, you know, task lighting, uh, especially for me. I don't have a pendant light over my sink in my kitchen and it drives me insane. <laughs> you know, you've got to make sure that you have, as silly as it sounds, you know, it's practical as, as much as it is decorative. And when you pick a decorative piece, um, you know, you can pick the crystal and then add, add all the sparkle and the glam, or you can pick texture, um, or even use it as just like a, like a piece of art that's floating in the room. Hmm.
0: So,
1: so, you know, think about it from the, the aesthetic standpoint and then also the practical
0: What are the few things that our audience at home, they could do? Like, do you have any tricks that you can share with them that they could change a little bit to make their living environment more beautiful, more joyful? I know it depends on each person's test, taste of uh, what they like, but overall, something that is general, that is a little improvement, little tweak, but makes it pop. Right.
1: Well, you know, one thing aesthetically is new lampshades that can update a room in a very inexpensive way quickly, um, you know, and and make a very traditional room a little more transitional, maybe even a little more modern, and make sure that you have uh, some some lamps, you know, a a little reading nook lamp. Hmm. It can be a beautiful way to add a really quick piece of art in the room that can be moved around.
0: Interesting lampshades. What about texture? You touched upon it a little bit, but could you elaborate about texture? Yeah,
1: texture. So in today's rooms, you know everything is very white and off-white, and that can be sterile if you don't add texture. So one thing that I love to do is maybe add um, a woven pendant fixture and really start to bring that in. And not only does it bring the texture and the warmth, but it also adds beautiful shadowing. In the room which just creates another layer and the shadows change throughout the day too so it always looks just a little different
0: interesting what has been so far one of your favorite projects and why
1: um well i did a coastal modern project that I loved and, you know, they wanted something very crisp and and clean. And that, like I said, can be sterile without texture.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: anytime that you have less color, you want to add texture. And we started with the flooring. Um, mm-hmm. It was kind of a whitewashed uh, ash and then added lighting fixtures. There was a, a, a pendant light that we dropped pretty low in the entryway. The entryway had to be 20 feet high or higher, higher um, and they just didn't want that cavernous feel, so we dropped this pendant, which almost looked like a coral Do we have reef. a
0: picture of that to show to our... Yeah, It's oh, great. I
1: will. Yeah, we can show that. Um, so just the bottom structure of the metal and the wood creates a beautiful texture and intimacy as you walk in. And then as you further go in, there's a, a tumbleweed pendant. That is so ethereal and light, and it was act. They're one of a kind, created by the artist. He goes and collects them, puts it together, and it just kind of floats up in the space and creates all this beautiful texture. Um, so you said so, when
0: you don't want to have too much color, that's when you use texture.
1: Yes, use texture, and then pull your color in artwork. So that's when your color becomes such a, such a unique pop. And what will happen is your eye will travel over all the texture and land on the color. And mm-hmm. my favorite way to use color that I think is so elegant mm-hmm. and timeless is to pick one shade. As in this instance, we used teal because it was reminiscent of the ocean. Just different shades of that same color mixed in with the textures and the neutrals um makes just a really beautiful scheme. And and then also just mixing metallic with woven for a yin and a yang.
0: Interesting. So elaborate on the yin and a yang a little bit. How do yeah. you balance the room with all these things? Yeah. Like color, yin and yang. Like how do yes. you about that?
1: Yeah. So you start, you know, with your with your neutral palette and then you start adding your textures. We did a in this coastal modern space, we did a whitewashed teak root table. And then behind that was the splash of color and abstract art, which was also textural. Um, And and what was so interesting though, was in the breakfast nook, I did a a sepia photograph of a ship spiral staircase and it's metallic, you know, um, really kind of pops off of the basket pendant. So that's the yin and the yang. But uh, with the spiral staircase, it also resembled like a shell. So it had just a lot of, of nautical, um, you know, it was reminiscent of nautical without being just so literal in every, in every way. And the sepia color picked up the color of the basket. So there were a lot of elements. You have to make it different enough to have layers and interest, but it has to be similar enough where that your eye, it's, it's pleasing to your eye because um, it, it looks really good to see repeated colors repeated textures through the space
0: what are some of the resources simple resources for someone who, who is not an interior designer but they just want to maybe maybe student maybe someone who's just starting out and having a one bedroom and wanting to you know pop make it look good a little bit what would be the resources that you can uh, share with us that they can go to maybe a website maybe a checklist that they can ask certain question of themselves okay this and that so they know how to go about ramping up their room um well you know you really
1: need to think about just make sure that you have all the pieces in the room that you need do you need a dining area how much seating do you need does it huh. need to be adaptable um you know just the practical things first and then you th- you find an element that's your inspiration piece which could be a, a color a piece of art just anything that you pull from and create layering and as for looks i mean this is kind of silly but i'm a big fan of a lot of designers on hgtv i get a lot of inspiration there i i I'm privileged to go to market and see the trends and, and things like that. But, but it's entertaining to watch. They've got a lot of fresh ideas and a lot of different styles. So you just find the ones that you like and, and, and use that as inspiration.
0: What about for furniture shopping? Do you have a favorite to go to or?
1: I love Wayfair. Wayfair. Um, at Wayfair. And, and um, I've used um, Overstock before. That's a good source you can even find cute accent pieces at at Target. It doesn't have to be expensive, um, you know, and and just think about it in layers. So when you do bedding, you know, have, you know, a couple different textural layers, color, um, pattern. So just kind of make it interesting with layers.
0: Interesting. Layers. Layers always makes things interesting, even when you are, you know, when you're dressing. If you use layers in your clothing, it makes it more interesting. The jewelry. Um, Jewelry accents. Yes, I love jewelry. (laughs) (laughs) So um, what is the, do you have any upcoming project that you're excited about? Yeah, um,
1: I've got a new project that is a really cool blend. It's a younger couple, and um they loved rustic and they loved mid-century modern um they want to do a study and i didn't have a whole lot to go on when i first went there because they had just moved into the house so when i talked about going around and picking up cues on color and inspiration their things were in boxes you know and the colors weren't their own yet so um what we're going to do though when we did a tour they love to tour of national parks in United States and Canada. I, I noticed some posters in a box. And then I noticed in another room, pretty far away from where they want to do the study, they had vintage records and guitars that he builds. So we're doing in the study a, just a big custom built-in. I did mid-century modern lighting, but I also did a lot of rustic seating elements for him. So it's a beautiful blend. And then I was able to do like a a custom built in for the record player um, with caning on the doors to make it sleek and elegant and kind of hide the speakers. But it's a way that they can bring their music in and display all the things that they have have collected.
0: Do you have pictures of those that we could also share?
1: I have renderings that I just showed showed the client. They were thrilled. And it's just a little bit of a, it's modern, but it's a little bit of a Western influence
0: as well. But we look forward Um, to seeing it because it's hard to describe, but it's easier to see. So um, if you want to leave off, you know, a couple of uh, tips, maybe checklist, like maybe lighting, texture, where to start, where to finish, how would you... Uh, verbalize that and you know just to share with our audience to break it down really simply how should they start working okay. on their room okay make a, list,
1: make a list in the room of what what works and what doesn't um, and why mm. you know really think about the flow um, it's kind of simple but what are things that we can just take out of the room that mm. are clutter? Um, to clean it up if you have one too many things you don't notice anything
0: so but sometimes you know you know it doesn't serve the room but you have sentimental you know connection to it so how would you go about that like you you know that piece is really not looking good but you're like oh but i had it for this much long and this person gave it to me how would you usually uh, advise your client to part ways with those pieces
1: well, I mean, it kind of depends if it's small enough and rooms are so eclectic now and layered. You could put it in a, in a smaller bookcase kind of onto the side, but it's not on the focal wall. It's not over your mantle. You know, it doesn't lead your room, but maybe it's still a part of it. Um, and, incorporate
0: and, it in there.
1: Sometime. Yeah, incorporate it in in a subtle way.
0: There
1: um, you, know. you know, or maybe you just you know, if it's something large and you want to kind of remember it, but you don't want it in the room anymore, maybe you take a picture of it.
0: <laughs> That's a good one. That's <laughs> a good way. I love it. You love a picture in take the a book picture of it and have a, keep it on your iPhone. But uh, yes, I love that. I'm going to use that because, you know, uh, we have lots of antiques and uh, I usually let's say, and I want to move it because it's just big and, and then uh, uh, my fiance says, oh, what about this, this? I'm like, we'll enjoy it from far away while it's in the attic. You know, that's, right. <laughs> that's right. how I usually go about it. But that's a good way too, honey, take a picture of it and set a screensaver on your computer. <laughs> Scrapbook. <laughs> that's you a know, good
1: way. and it's a compromise, yeah. you know, it's a
0: com- and also on the
1: flip side of that, so many times we keep, the good dishes and the chana cabinet and the, the you know the, the right. from our grandparents in a box in the attic and right we're waiting on something i don't know what we're waiting on let's get exactly <laughs> and let's put that in our room
0: exactly who are you waiting for let's use it let's do it let's use it i i really appreciate you being on the show thank you so much i'm sure you know, I learned a lot from you and I'm sure that our audience and the Miss Ayesha have learned a lot too and maybe this inspira- inspiration for them to get up and make a change to their room. Thank you so much and you have a great day, Missy. Bye-bye. Bye.